All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the past games this last week and uh, preview the upcoming games, as we always do. Um, and we got some uh, you know, big news to talk about. Uh, Brzgalov possibly coming to the Ducks, and um, some injury news about Perry with some updates, and uh, talk about hip checks in the league and uh, whether or not uh, you know they should be allowed or not. But uh, first, let's get to uh, the games uh, this past week. Um, Eddie, the Ducks did well. They... Uh, Went three and zero in the first week. Um, obviously, they're all close games, but uh, we start off with a, at least a decent game and uh, beating Boston. Yeah, and and I think everybody's getting used to close games now, and uh, we're not going to get blowouts of a game, but you, know, you don't always want to see the games be so tight and and you know scraping by with a win. But if you can start the month three and zero, that I really don't care how they get the wins. But yeah, the Boston game was. It was what we really expected. It was going to be a tough game. You know, Boston's not as good as they as they used to be, but they're still a good team uh, when they're on their game. And and we saw that um, against uh, on the night against them. And uh, we started off um, with a you know kind of weak first period, but uh, this, it was zero zero after the first. So it, that's something I kind of like to see is lately that we've struggled in a period we we've gone down one or two nothing, but. Uh, they were able to hold them off and and come out strong um, in the second. Even though getting scored on first, uh, Vaughn scored uh, a minute later, and and then Smith Pelly scored um, with a couple seconds left, uh, about 20 seconds left in, in the second period, and uh, we continued into the third period and scored early on and um, within the first five minutes, and uh, you know played played a strong uh, third period as well. So you know not another another game where it wasn't a, a full 60 minute effort, but. I think the the period where we we did struggle this time, um, the defense played well enough, and and Anderson had a great game as well. So it didn't really come back to haunt us this game. Yeah, I agree. I think that the first period start was was definitely you know a little bit of a slow one, and they kind of got down, especially in the shots. It was thirteen to seven. Uh, favorite Boston in the beginning there, and they definitely had more of the opportunities. So it was one of those where when you do come out even out of a period, if you do feel good, that's when you feel good. When the you know the other teams kind of carried the play, and then uh, you know uh, Boston got that first goal, like you said. But it was good to see the Ducks, you know, rattle off three straight uh, in the second and the third to um, pull out this one. Uh, Eddie, uh, I don't like getting down early. I mean, obviously nobody does, but uh, you know the Ducks are always a team that when they get down, they they always it's just like they just don't care. They're just like bring it on because they can, you know, come from behind. As we'll talk about in some of the uh, the other games this week. Yeah, and you know, you don't always want to get behind, but when your team, and we saw this a lot last year when when they were had a a, a great record. I believe it was over seven hundred um, when they were uh, down by one. They would come back and win about seventy five percent of the time. So. When you can, we can go down by a goal or two and, and come back and win the game. Um, it's obviously a good thing, but uh, they they got to work on you know not getting down so often and, and not having to come from those positions um, because when you're in the playoffs, uh, that definitely can come back to haunt you. Um, we also saw uh, Bolesky get another goal, and I know we talked about him last week uh, uh, with if if it was worth re-signing him, and uh, he's he's slowly. Um, you know, staking a claim that he, he's he's not just started off strong, and you know we're we're already uh, more than a quarter of the way, uh, almost a third of the way through the season, and uh, he's on um, 13 goals now after scoring again uh, twice this week. So uh, he's definitely somebody to to keep looking for to get a secondary scoring, and, and hopefully um, you know, other people can pick up the, the pace and, and catch up with him. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, as we'll talk about later with, uh, you know, Perry's not going to play today against Winnipeg. So we'll talk more about that in, in the upcoming schedule. But uh, Bolesky's going to definitely be one of the guys to carry the load. And, and hopefully some of the other guys, uh, you know, Paul Mary, Silverberg will start uh, picking up as well as, as we um, have seen. Um, and moving along uh, in the next game, we, we saw a lot of that uh, scoring all over the place uh, against Philly, uh, which was a wild shootout win for the Ducks. Um five to four uh again this game the ducks got down uh by one goal and they they answered back uh with a goal by fowler and then they ended up going down three to one in this one eddie and then um it's just crazy i mean they 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 rallied back scored three goals to go ahead four to three but then gave up the tying goal with you know two seconds to go um which was just an irrit- irritating especially being there and watching in person um or some of the fans had talked about the you know the first round um I'm sorry, the second round, uh, first game against the Kings in that similar scenario, which it felt like. But uh, at least this time the Ducks came back and won in the shootout. Yeah, and when you look at the first period, it was almost non-existent in this game. So it's hard to judge them on a a full, you know, like like we've been talking about constantly in this full 60-minute thing. Both teams had, had four shots and... There really, really no no chances at all in the first period, and, and until we move into the second is where we start seeing obviously six goals in the second period, and and a period where I felt Anaheim dominated a lot of the play. You know they outshot Philly on nineteen to ten, um, but they got scored on first, and you know, even Fowler getting a, a a relatively quick response in uh, three minutes after. But um, we we see Philly taking advantage of their chances. Um, in the second period and, and grabbing three goals on only 10 shots. And, you know, it, it, it appeared that we dominated so well offensively. We, we were just poor in, in our own end. And uh, they grabbed another one about 30 seconds after Fowler scored and, and picked up a power play goal. Um, but, you know, when we – with the domination we had that period, we, we made it count as well. But when, when you, you do so well in a period, you, you don't want to allow three goals on 10 shots. Uh, luckily for, for them, they were able to score three goals as well. And, uh, it was tied going into the, uh, or yeah, it was tied going into the third period. Yeah, I mean, then the third period was even, you know, uh, crazy too because you had, uh, you know, Maroon getting that lead. Everything looked good. You get down to the final seconds, and um, Devontae Smith Pelly, uh, you know, has the empty net chance to win the game, and and the puck just bounces over his stick, and you know, one final rush by you know Philly, and then here we go, you know. Uh, Simmons gets his own rebound, uh, you know, just crashing the net and, uh, you know, frustration. I, I, I mean, it set in on you know, a lot of the fans' parts, but it was good to see, you know, the Ducks in the overtime come out strong and, and you know, they, I mean, they battled it out. They obviously, you know, they ended up even. And then, uh, you know, in the shootout, uh, like we've talked about before, uh, Silverberg and Perry, man, they just, uh, They've been killing it in the shootout, Eddie. Yeah, and and it's obviously a good thing if we're going to continuously go to the shootout to have two guys who can score most of the time, um, in in Perry and Silverberg, and you, know, you don't want to go all the way there. I, I know we're a four and three in in the shootout, which isn't a, isn't a great record, but uh, you don't want to go there that often. I, I believe we're, if not top of the league, close to it, and in, in the amount of shootouts we've played so far this season, but uh. You definitely want to have guys who can win you games in shootouts, and shootouts, and Perry and Silverberg are, are two of those guys. You don't want to end up being like uh, the Devils last year when you, you go to about 12 shootouts and you lose all of them. So 
Um, having a winning record in the shootout is definitely good, but we, we'd uh, definitely like to win in regulation, especially getting scored on with only three seconds to go. Yeah, you know, we talk about regulation wins, which uh, the Ducks picked up uh, against the Wild, uh, you know, and this game was just completely crazy. Um, the Ducks started out well. Uh, they had built, you know, a 3-0 lead early in the second period, and uh, then a couple penalties and a five-on-three power play for the Wild. Um, you know, two goals in 11 seconds, and all of a sudden, you know, the 3-0 lead is 3-2, to two, and uh, the Wild ended up getting another one to tie uh, the game before the end of the second period and then another to start the third and they're up four to three Eddie. And, uh, I mean, it's good to see the ducks come back and win, you know, again, um, our 50 goal scorer, uh, Jackman scoring again. And then, uh, uh, Bolesky pulling off the, the game winner there. Um, but man, I mean, this game, you know, we, we thought we had it. I thought this was going to be one that finally we're going to win, uh, by more than a goal. And, uh, it just didn't happen. It, you know, we kind of, we kind of had a meltdown, uh, in the second period. I mean, granted five on three is, is, is nothing to be upset about giving up a goal, but two and 11 seconds, you know, that, that just can't happen. Yeah. And, you know, with Perry going down so early, um, I was worried about who was going to get the offense done. And, um, you know, if you look back to the last time Perry was out, it was Kessler and he, and he picked it up again this game and, and he had three points and, and he was the, the main reason we're up three nothing um, going into like early into the second period. But um, then the five on three hit us. They didn't score um, until the five on three was on, and, and Mika Kuro obviously scored. And um, yeah, you know that's not a big deal. It's a five on three. Um, obviously, it's going to be hard to defend against that. But when when you let in a goal um, and you don't regroup, and and then you still they're still in the power play, and you let them score, you know, eleven seconds later. Um, that's going to put you behind the block, and obviously the, all the momentum is in Minnesota's favor, and we saw that um, in near the end of the uh, second period, obviously again when they scored, and um, into the beginning of the third period where they scored within two minutes. So the 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 momentum just completely shifted after that um, that those two goals on the five on three, and uh, the the Ducks couldn't seem to deal with it, and and until uh, obviously Jackman scored uh, about a minute thirty later, which was I thought was extremely important that they scored. Um, Within a minute after a minute or two minutes after getting scored on um, and and blowing that three goal lead, uh, they needed to get some confidence going because I think if if Jackman hadn't scored when he did, uh, the game the game could have got out of hand and and obviously we know Bolesky uh, continued his side streak and and scored near the, the the halfway mark of the period and the Ducks held on uh, for the, for the win and, and got a, a much needed regulation win although um, you know it, it was closer than we'd like um, everybody thinking it was going to be. Not a blowout, but at least a, a game where we kind of won comfortably and didn't have to hold on. Uh, didn't really turn out to be that way. Yeah, I mean, we ended up in a nail biter, winning it. You know, I, you know, one thing I did like is uh, I like Jim um, Tim Jackman's uh, effort on that goal. You know, he he goes for the shot uh, initially, gets his own rebound back, and then puts it back in. Uh, you know, that was just a great effort by him to get it going, and uh, I think. You know, we're going to see more and more of him throughout this season because, as we've talked about before, you know, the forecheck's always been an issue. And Jackman likes to go into the dirty corners and work hard and go in front of the net. And, you know, I, I applaud him for that. And I hope that more of the guys pick that play up, obviously, when we all are healthy and all that other stuff we've been talking about. But that's, that's the type of plays that the Ducks need. Um, you know, to, to pull out some of these games, Eddie. Yeah, and we've seen that uh, kind of rub off on, on Smith-Pelly this year, and uh, 
he's kind of take that upon uh, on his role too. Even when Jackman is in the lineup, uh, he gets in the dirty areas in front of the net and, and creates havoc. And um, I think that's another reason why you know Bolesky, that was his role last year, and um, he didn't get a lot of the goals. Um, a lot of his goals last year were because of that. But now he's in a different role, and it's freedom up to score goals. But uh, you need those big guys to get in front of the net and. And create screens and and, and make chances at a, at a place that normally wouldn't um, have a chance of going in. And I think Jackman has done a great job of that this season, and, and so has Smith Pelly. Moving along, uh, you know, in regard to this game, Eddie, uh, the uh, hip check there uh, on Perry. Uh, you know, some of the fans have talked about it. And um, what are your thoughts on hip checks in the NHL, and if if they should be changed or um, you know not allowed or anything at all? Um. Well, I think hip check should be allowed. Um, I, I think the way a hip check is judged um, as a contact to the knee could be looked at a little bit more. Um, obviously, knee on knee is is severe and, and worthy of suspension. Um, and and a hip check being depending on you know the two players, the player who's getting checked and, and the, the player who's checking the other player, uh, their height comes into a factor. Is is a lot of times his hip could make contact with the knee and what we saw with Perry and. And is that now counted as, you know, a, a hit to the knee on purpose or, you know, it's not a knee on knee, but you're, you're going for the knee. So it's it, it kind of gets shady in there that there, there's no real you know discrepancy between the two. Um, I don't think hip checks are taken out of the game because they're, they're, they're a legal check. They're, they're just as legal as any other check. But um, like I said, if, if there's a contact with the knee, I think it should at least just be looked at and, at the same as as a knee on knee. As far as the penalty, you think it, you think that if it's, yeah, penalty uh, suspensions, anything like that. I don't think the one the hit on Perry was intentional, or I, like it was a hip check from a smaller guy on Perry. Um, he ends up hitting him in the knee, and and Perry obviously goes down. Um, but I think they could look at it, you know, um, if not during the game, after the game, or, or you know, give the refs a little bit more leeway in, in deciding if that's a. You know, uh, I'm more than just a, a check if it's you know a, a, a worth a penalty or you know an after the game worth a suspension if he's intentionally going for the knee. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you're right on that. I don't I don't think they should take out you know the hip check because to me it's a it's a high risk high reward move. I mean you know the defender's going in there and if he lands the check you know he's pretty much effectively going to take the player out from possessing the puck in that that point in the game but you know we've seen it too where the defender goes in and misses slams his own hip into the boards and then also his back against the glass of the boards too so yeah i mean it's a move that can injure the defender as well yeah and, and a lot of times if you miss you're out of position as well you're you're crouched over and uh you're you're basically there's no chance you're getting back into the play and um, uh, like hip checks have always been in the game, and you know, obviously there's regards when you say it, they've always been in the game. Fighting's always been in the game, everything. But uh, this is a whole different thing. Um, you don't see a lot of injuries with hip checks. Um, at the same level as fighting and other things that are getting talked about of taking out of the game. So, um, but you know, just like I said, looking into it and and if there's intention to to go for the knee or you know to harm a player. Then I think you know. It, it, then you could look at it, but um, like the one against Perry, uh, I don't think was intentional. Um, like I said, it's just the, the size difference between players is what really determines where you're gonna hit them with your hip check. You know, if uh, you're smaller and you hit Perry, you're gonna hit him on the knee, and 
if you're, if you're, you know, if you're taller, you're going to hit them near the waist and, 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 and it's going to be, you know, what a regular hip check is. So, uh, I don't see it being a big problem. Um, luckily for us, Perry isn't hurt. It doesn't look like he's hurt long term. So, um, I think in, in the future, it's worth looking at a little bit more, though. Definitely, I agree. And uh, looking at this uh, week's games, um, you know, it looks like uh, from what Perry said in his interview that he hyperextended his knee. And uh, obviously, he's not going to play today against uh, the Jets. But, um, you know, this week, uh, you know, if he can't go, we're going to be playing the, uh, the Jets twice and Edmonton twice. So um, I guess first looking up at uh, the Jets, uh, you know, it looks like for the Ducks, the key is going to be stopping the uh, top line, Eddie. Yeah, and and that's well, you know, Winnipeg's won two in a row, and it's it's mainly because of those guys. If you look at their statutes, most of their game, uh, it's usually a goal and and a couple assists from these two guys with Wheeler, Little, and and Lad combining for. 19 points, or all of them having 19 points, and the next highest guy is a defenseman in Bufflin who has uh, 12, and, and their their second line is all on 10. So uh, you, you stop these guys, you stop any any goal scoring um, that they have, and, and they don't score a lot of goals either. Um, they're they're near the bottom of the, uh, of the at least the Western Conference in, in goal scoring, and um, they've they've relied more on on good goaltending and, and quality defense this season. So if you you can stop uh, that line and you know put a couple goals past them. Um, I think you're pretty good to go. Um, they don't have a lot of secondary scoring um, outside Wheeler, Little, and Ladd. Um, and you know they've got Michael Hutchison, um, who we'll probably see in one of the two games um, this week. I don't know about the first one, and we'll see Pavlik in another game um, more than likely. Uh, Hutchison has has been great for them this year. Something they really needed is a, a guy who could help out Pavlik and. Uh, Pavlik's, you know, he struggled the last few seasons, but he's had, uh, he can be, you know, lights out on, on any given night. So I think the, the key is to, to shut down that line. And, and, you know, if we put three past, uh, Winnipeg, then I don't think, think there's any chance of them coming back. Yeah. I think that's definitely the key for the Ducks tonight, uh, or today, uh, playing Winnipeg is to, is to get, you know, three or more goals, uh, on them. Cause like you said, they, they scored uh, the least amount of goals in the Western Conference, uh, except for Edmonton, who we're playing this week. So um, it's definitely going to be that type of game. Obviously, without Perry out, it's not going to help us. Um, it looks like uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly or Paul Mary is going to bump up to the front uh, on the first line and with the other going on the second. And, uh, you know, the Ducks were called Raquel, so he's going to come back in at center. So... The other guys are going to have to step up at uh, this game, and uh, you know, obviously the ones against Edmonton too. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to secondary scoring is going to have to step up, and I think uh, with the, the lot of games we have this week against uh, two against Winnipeg and two against Edmonton, I think if you want to have a guy like Perry out for any of them, um, it's in a, it's in a schedule like this where we're playing a, a Winnipeg team who's done all right and he's on a two game winning streak and. They played pretty good lately, but they're they're still not that great of a team. And then and an Edmonton team who's lost eleven in a row and, and could have potentially be on a thirteen game losing streak by the time we play them. Um, if Perry's to go down at any time, uh, uh, this is the time that you would you'd want him to go down. Um, so yeah, I think um, with the Winnipeg game, it's to shut those guys down and you know moving on to to the to the Oilers. There's there's not much to say other than this game. Is it has to be won. 
know, you don't want to be the team um, if the Edmonton, the Edmonton doesn't beat the Sharks in their back-to-back. Uh, you don't want to be the team who loses to the Oilers. And, and the first game we play them um, as well is, is right after they've played um, the Sharks. So not only are they possibly coming off a loss um, and riding a 13-game losing streak, they're tired too. So I think the, at least the, the first game we play them is, is definitely a must-win. Yeah, and they're in the same position too as the as the Jets almost. I mean, you look at it; it's uh, you know Taylor Hall and Nugent Hopkins uh, leading the way. Uh, but you know, like like uh, the Jets outside the first line, Eddie, there's really you know not a whole lot of scoring. You know, you got Schultz in there with 11 points, Purcell 11 points. But um, if the Ducks can really shut down the top line and 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 score uh, three or more, I, I think we uh, you know can win all these games this week. Yeah, and you know, barring those guys, there there really is no scoring, and and um, and it's not. I know they have the least amount of goals in the Western Conference, but goal scoring isn't a, a main issue in in Edmonton. And it's goaltending and defense. Their their defense is is terrible, and and their goaltending is is even worse. And um, we'll we'll probably see uh, Victor Foss. I believe Scribbins is still out injured, so we'll see Victor Foss uh, uh, play at least one of these games and. Um, I think that goes against Edmonton even more um, with a lot of the players obviously knowing tendencies that, that Foss has with his time in Anaheim. Uh, uh, this could be a, a really, really bad game for the Oilers uh, and, and continue their slump uh, with the two games that we play against them. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, Foss, and it's kind of surprising, his stats. I mean, he's 2-6-2 two, two with the goals against a 3.23 save percentage, you know, 8-9-1. I mean, I, I'm just kind of surprised. I mean, he, you know, he did well for us, and, uh, you know, some people were upset when when we let him go. And um, uh, But I, I think part of it, you can't put all of it on him, too. I think, like you said, uh, it's a team defense issue as well, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, with uh, the leader and, and Ferentz, he's got to lead the line, and, he hasn't done a lot of that this year, and, and they have a lot of young and experienced defensemen, and uh, they don't really have any big bodies back there. And, and I think if we can get establish the forecheck in, in this game against uh, against the Oilers, and there's really no coming back from for them. Um, get a get a couple goals like we said, and you know tire them out. They'll be already tired coming off a game against the Sharks, so this this first game should be a must win, and and really the second game should be a must win too. It, it's it's Edmonton. There's no excuse for losing to them. Uh, right now yeah and you know and looking uh you know we talk about winning the week the ducks won last week uh going three and zero in those games and uh who do you uh, pick up in this last week as being the ducks three stars over those uh, three victories eddie um i think uh, one of the guys i have to go for is is sammy Botton and um he grabbed two goals and uh, for defenseman obviously that uh, and, and and for him too that's great and I think as well as his offense, he's been great defensively, and he's starting to um, score goals not just on the power play and get points in the power play. He's doing well on on even strength now, which is great for him. And uh, another strong week for for Vatanen, and and hopefully he'll continue moving forward. And yeah, who who would be your um, second star? Um, I gotta go with Getzlaff. I think uh, he picked up I think about three or four points this week, and uh, he just led the team. He you know he he came up with timely points uh, throughout the, the three games we played in and uh, even when we were down up three nothing going down you know he's the he's the guy who's got to get everybody going and he's the leader so I think he's definitely my uh, one of my stars for this week 
And then probably I agree with you on, on the first two. And then we, we talked about this before, but the third one probably going to be a little bit tougher who, um, you know, if there's one or two names that you would throw in there as, as being at least the, the third star coming this week. Yeah. There's, there's one or two names you can throw and you can throw Mapaleski. He had, he had two goals this week. Uh, uh, Lindholm and Fowler uh, picked up a number of assists and, and, and played solid. But I think based off of, um, how the importance of, uh, Ryan Kessler in the game against Minnesota, um, he had no goal, uh, no points in the first two games, but uh, you know, with Perry going down and and Kessler uh, grabbing three points and, and getting the Ducks out to that early lead, um, it, it definitely is one of the reasons we won that game. And I think um, is one, of, it's the main reason we got him is is when guys go down like Perry and Getzlaff or or they're not playing well, he'll, he'll pick it up. And and we saw that when Perry was down with the mumps uh, earlier this year, we saw that when Perry went down in this game, uh, Kessler picked up his game and. And definitely helped out the Ducks. Yeah, I liked his play in that game, Eddie. And, uh, you know, I remember when we played the Kings, too, he did well. My my thing is that it seems like he has either, you know, a two- or three-point night or, or a zero-point night. I'm just hoping with Kessler I want to see a little bit more consistency. I mean, that that's my only thing with him as far as, uh, at least on the score sheet. Obviously, he's still going to hit people. He's doing well in the face-off. He's playing defense. He's doing everything else that we need him to do. I just like to see him start um, getting some more points, even if they're assists on a regular basis. That's that's my only, um, you know, critique. And nothing negative against him. It just seems like he's kind of hit or miss some of these games. Yeah, and I, I think that's because we see him. He knows he has to step up when guys aren't playing well. And 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 a lot of the times we don't see him on the score sheet is when he doesn't need to be. Is when Perry and Getzloff are playing well and and getting most of the points and setting it up, and then he takes a more you know, defensive. What we talked about in in the in the beginning of the season is is we're gonna have one line who's the shutdown line. If that's gonna be Gensoff and Perry's line, then Kessler's gonna get the points. If that's gonna be Kessler's line, then he's freeing up that first line. So a lot of the games when Perry and Gensoff are getting a lot of the points, Kessler's doing the job of shutting down other top line, the top line or the second line of that team, and freeing up space for Gensoff and Perry. And I think that's where you have to look at in those games and, and then you see him, you know, he still has 21 points in 28 games. So he's doing great for us this season. And, and you see him step up when guys like Perry go down or, or aren't playing well. This That's when he, you know, comes out and gets a three-point game. And I'd almost, you know, rather have him do that than, you know, I'd love, obviously love him to have consi- get consist- consistent points every game. But uh, I love the job he's doing uh, uh, shutting down other lines when he's not scoring. I think it's, um, one of the best pickups the Ducks have made in, in recent years. Oh, yeah, I I completely agree with you um, on the defensive front. And especially, you know, we talked about the face-offs being an issue as well. And he's definitely the reason why the Ducks have been, you know, in the top 10 in face-offs this season. So he brings all that. That's just me being, I think, selfish. But I just like to see him score some more. You know, yeah. I, was hoping, I was hoping for a hat-trick that um, game against, you know, the Wild, um, you know, starting out with the two early. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not disappointed at all. I just, I just like to see him get more. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody was uh, expecting a hat trick that game, uh, but it kind of got away from us there, but, you know, picking up a win either way. And, uh, he's had str- a strong play all season and, um, hopefully I think you'll probably see a lot from him tonight as well with, with Perry being down, uh, he'll be relied on more. So maybe he'll pick up a couple goals tonight as well. Yeah. I think this week definitely he's going to be in a spot to get some more points, um, looking at the team now, Eddie, with uh, you know some of the injuries um, going around. Obviously, Perry will will keep everybody updated as we hear stuff. Um, 
Uh, also, LaBarber went out uh, with an injury, which, uh, you know, brought in a familiar face, uh, Ilya Brzgalov, which, you know, out comes all the, uh, <laughs> the funny post interviews and, and comments that he's made. He's always been a character, but he's always um, been someone that's, you know, he's played well in net. You know, he was with the Ducks, um, you know, when we won the Stanley Cup. Uh, he actually was part of the reason we won the cup. I mean, there were games that he uh, actually came in and played uh, when Chaguer wasn't in and uh, did well for us. And it looks like he's on a tryout basis right now. And um, what do you think about him coming up and backing up uh, Anderson? I think he just needs to come back to a place where, you know, look at the two places he did the best. He did the best in Phoenix and he did the best in Anaheim. I think he needs to play in a place where there's less pressure on him less media pressure on him, and, and obviously he did great in Anaheim, and he did good in Phoenix as well, and then his career kind of you know, took a turn when he went to to hockey-focused areas. Obviously, Philly has other teams too, but you know they're more they're more focused on hockey than, you know, say, Phoenix and Anaheim are, and, and as well as with Minnesota for sure, so I think him coming back here, I, I you know, I like the move, it's in, you know, LaBarbera's down and Gibson's down. Um, we need somebody, right? You know, who... You know, who who are we gonna play other than Anderson right now? No, nobody. So I think Anderson needs breaks in in these games when it's back to back. And uh, if it's a one year and Brzezgalov does well, then um, yeah, I don't I don't mind it at all. But you know, it, we've been killed with injuries in defense and goalie. So um, I think right now he's on the trout. And if they see any bit, you know, any good form from him at all, though, then uh, he'll he'll sign in. I think it's just a matter of money right now. What do you think, though, as far as uh, the goalie situation? You know, remember we had uh, uh, Danny on earlier in the in the preseason, and she had talked about Gibson, and she had, and her thoughts, you know, being out there in Norfolk and watching Gibson was that, hey, he needs to go back to the minors, he needs some more time. Do you think Brzgalov comes in and is the permanent backup the rest of the season with Gibson and LaBarba staying at Norfolk, or do you think Brzgalov's just uh, a temporary fix maybe for you know the next month or so until gibson's fully uh healed yeah and, th- and this is the problem he gets into because that that temporary fix was la Barbara. and obviously management showed um you know they they wanted gibson to be up in the and and we heard murray say that in the beginning of the season he expected gibson to be up uh for most of the season and, and, and you know play a role with anderson um i think they still want him to be that guy but um his injury might be a lot worse than um you know that were than we we're, um, you know, told with uh, them looking at signing Brzezgalov. Obviously, we know LeBarber, they don't want him to, to start a lot of games. Otherwise, he would have uh, when Anderson played a lot of those back-to-backs. Um, so they must know. Obviously, they know uh, things that we don't. So I think Gibson's injury might be a little bit more serious, and, um, and Brzezgalov is going to start for now. As to when Gibson comes back, um, it's hard to say because the, the, you look, they're looking at the same situation in St. Louis now, too, with – with uh, Martin Broder just signing a, a contract, one-year, $700,000 contract. Uh, and Brian Elliott, he's not out to the end of the season, and I don't think Gibson's out to the end of the season either. So at one point for both of these teams, they're going to have three goalies that um, they would want in you know, in the NHL. And, and if Riz Gallup is playing good, you know, do you, do you either trade him or you say, if it's not a two-way, which I doubt it's going to be a two-way for Riz Gallup, you either put him on waivers and he gets picked up and you bring up Gibson – or you trade him, or you put Gibson down in the minors because he's on the two-way. Um, and it'll, it'll be an interesting decision when it comes up. Uh, obviously, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves. We haven't even signed Bisgalov yet. It might not happen. 
Uh, Gibson might come back earlier than we thought. Um, might, uh, Gibson, Bruce Gallup might play bad, and then it's an obvious decision. So I think uh, in a couple of weeks uh, we'll know a little bit more um, based on uh, who's going to be sent down and who's going to stay up. Yeah, and, and you're right. Eddie. It, it creates kind of an interesting situation because when the news came out with uh, Martin Brodeur, I was kind of like, okay, um, that's good for now. But w- like you said, what's going to happen when you got three goalies now? And that's what the Ducks are, you know. I mean, and technically, we haven't even talked about Bobkoff either, which, uh, you know, he's been up before uh, this season and then sent down, you know. So there's really the Ducks have five goalies. I mean, it's just crazy the amount that they have. I mean, I know, like, we are a little bit ahead of ourselves. I mean, there's a lot of reports out there saying that the Ducks will sign Brzezgalov. Nothing, uh, you know, official, at least at the time of of us doing this uh, podcast. But it's going to create an interesting situation because if Gibson is more injured than we know, uh, you know, which obviously the team's going to know that and not always, you know, disclose it, then I think you get Brzezgalov and, and you, you do put him in there for a while. Um, unless like you said, he uh, falters, which I don't know if he will or not. I mean, I know he's not game ready. That's what he said in his interview. He said he's, he's not, you know, a hundred percent ready to go. So that may weigh into it, uh, but if he's able to come in and play decent on at least the back-to-back games, I'm good with that, Eddie. Because I'm I'm just kind of tired of uh, throwing Anderson out there every single game, especially you know as we talked about last podcast on the back-to-backs. He you know both times had rough games. I mean, we need somebody in there to pick up those games and give Freddie a break. Yeah, and I think if um, if management believed in Bob Cobb, then you know Bizgalov wouldn't even been signed to a tryout. So I think. Um, it's a matter of time, like you said, before he gets signed, and um, and then he plays um, as the backup role, so Anderson doesn't have to play these back-to-backs. But yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see what they do when Gibson gets back up, because I was really looking forward to seeing him starting uh, um, these these odd games when um, before he went down with injury. So um, we'll have to see, uh, you know, in the in the coming weeks or months, uh, depending on when Gibson gets back. Yeah, and um, as far as other injury news out there um we still have uh you know heatley's still been out also with a groin injury too um and it looks like they're not really in a hurry to rush him back uh now now getting you know bork and that trade eddie yeah and, and uh, you know at least we have enough um <laughs> forwards to fill the, the injuries um you know with getting bork i think that's worked out well now with with heatley down and perry down we can you know fill in slots in the lineup without having to bring up guys like wagner and um, and it adds to our depth, at least with NHL experience, guys. Like I said, it's not like Bork is going to do a lot, uh, but at least he's had like, NHL experience, and we don't have to bring up, you know, a, a guy, a lot of guys who haven't had a, a ton of experience. Um, you know, within with defense, though, it's a little bit of a different story. Um, obviously, Fistrick's back now, which which helps a lot. Uh, we still got Boschman and, and Brewer and, and Lovejoy out, um, but it looks like we're going to be at least be able to start, you know. Five NHL guys, and and then Manson, who we you know we talked about last week, is probably the closest guy to being NHL ready that's on that that um, that AHL call up list. So I think uh, if he's the only guy that's starting from that call up list, then I think uh, we should be good to go at least until Boschman or, or Lovejoy or Brewer uh, get back into the lineup. Yeah, I mean the the defense is definitely the issue. I agree with you. I think Manson is is has been playing well, um, playing the body well, giving some good hits. Um, he's definitely going to be up in there. Um, and uh, it looks like Lovejoy, I haven't seen anything 
recently, but I, I think he's what maybe a couple weeks away. I think maybe Eddie, but I don't think he's too far off. But but obviously, uh, Francois is going to be a lot longer because you know he just hurt his hand more recently. Yeah, um, I still don't think Boschman is going to be um, as long as uh, Lovejoy was out. Uh, you know, with Boschman, it's a finger, and, and Lovejoy it was his hand. So, um, but you know, Lovejoy's been out for well more than a month now, about a month and a half almost now. So I think. Uh, he should be back, you know, within the week or two. And uh, Brewer is going to be the long-term one out, you know, four to six weeks. Uh, he'll be back uh, well into January, um, you know, close, maybe close to February. Um, so having Boschman and, and Lovejoy back is going to help a lot. But, you know, getting Brewer in a, in a trade and then having him go down so early definitely uh, was a big blow to the to the blue line. You know, and also the Ducks did make a move to, uh, you know, they they uh, sent Blacker to the Panthers and got Robach, uh, Kobe Robach. I don't know if um, he's going to play in the NHL, though, Eddie. I, I think he's um, going to maybe just be a backfill in, uh, in, the, NA, in the AHL at Norfolk. I, I don't know. Uh, any thoughts on this uh, move? Um, it, it's probably more of a move for um... – for Norfolk, but I, I know Roback is uh, is a little bit of a bigger guy, a more defensive defenseman uh, than Blacker, and, and something that if we're going to call guys up is more something that we need. Um, you know, it, it's not a big trade. Maybe they see more potential in Roback. Uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of Jesse Blacker when he was playing with uh, the Marlies in, in Toronto, and I didn't see a lot from him, and that's why when you know we gave up Peter Hall, and for him, I, I didn't think it was a good trade. So maybe uh, I haven't seen. You know, really anything. You know, buying a little bit, a, a little clips here and there of, of Roback. So maybe uh, he'll come in and he'll be one of the guys we can call up. Uh, you know, similar to Manson, and and uh, he'll you know make a a good impact. Maybe break into the lineup eventually. But uh, you know, I'm not expecting too many things. Yeah, I mean, he is a big guy. Like you said, he's you know six foot three, almost two hundred pounds. So he's definitely a much bigger uh, defensive man. Um, that fits the Ducks, you know, but uh, he's only played 42 games uh, in Florida over the last, uh, you know, three seasons and change. So I don't, I don't see him coming up and playing too much, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, Blacker was a little bit of a, a disappointment uh, in that uh, the Chicago game I was at uh, after Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, talk about baptism by fire. I mean, he just got smoked at the blue line a couple times uh, which was just very, very frustrating. I mean, granted, it, it's Chicago, and yeah, they have good forwards and forecheck, but I mean, God, if, if you're going to bring in someone and you want to shine, that's a game you want to shine, and, and I, I really think that that performance or lack of was part of the reason why he got um, moved, because he, like you said, uh, from what you've seen, too, is he, I mean, he obviously plays more of an offensive, defensive style, but I mean, he, he, he just gets burned too much at the blue line. Yeah, and you know we've got guys like Fowler and Landholm and Vaughn and um, in the lineup consistently. Uh, you'd like the other three guys in that. You know, not to say Vaughn and Landholm and Fowler aren't defensively inclined, but you want those um, pure defensive guys to at least to be the other three. And you know we see that when we've got Boschman and and Lovejoy and um, when we had Allen and Stoner. Those guys are all you know defensive guys. Lovejoy can you know Lovejoy's more of a two-way guy, but you want to have those guys who are just you know big defensive defensemen as those as those other three uh, to counteract those offensive guys and having a guy like Blacker in there kind of tips it more towards the offense. So uh, I, I can see why the move was made and obviously all, all you know, best of luck to Blacker and uh, bring, you know, bringing in a guy who at least has played, you know, some NHL games playing 46 games with the Panthers and a bigger body uh, similar to, you know, kind of a Manson guy that we can call up and 
Uh, he's got some experience, Fister kind of thing. So it, I think it's a good move, and it adds depth uh, to our blue line and uh, to to an area we need it in, in those defensive defensemen guys. Yeah, I, I agree, and uh, hopefully we just get the defense, you know, back healthy um, and get rolling. Uh, obviously, this week and win this week, and uh, we're gonna wrap up uh, now. And uh, just want to remind everybody: don't forget to uh, follow the uh, podcast and follow the uh, email list and the blog. Um, you know, we've been giving away um, either Ducks and Pucks shirts or Ducks-related uh, merchandise. And uh, next month, uh, you know, the homestand, uh, we got the uh, Temu night, uh, January 11th. So we'll be giving away some um, Temu Salami um, uh, trading cards. Uh, I'll be giving away a pair of those to two random winners uh, next month. So make sure you sign up and follow the uh, podcast and blog, and we'll see you next week. The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions.